Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you live in London now? Uh, yeah, over Putney. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. So, no, then I'm, I'm, mo- then I'm moving about. Neighbor. Sorry? He's a speller neighbour. How oh, are you? You live near Marcus? Have you seen him around? Uh, no, apart from that night, we were... We went to Fulham, didn't we? We were Fulham, yeah. Right. He was there. Yeah, so that yeah, okay. was it. But you're moving, you were saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm only moving about 300 yards. I'm actually going to be moving into Fulham. Okay, so... Uh, you yeah. come into a bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> have you spoke to him about the fee for this, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that big. <laughs> okay, Saturday afternoon sees Real Madrid take on Atletico at the Bernabeu, which is always a huge game. Both of you have written about the fixture ahead of this one. David, you've spoken about the re- repetition of Atletico's muscle injuries. I believe they've had 12 this season yep. and 7 since December. I also believe Kieran Trippier may miss out and Jao Felix has been ruled out too and Koke is still recovering. Regular listeners would I hope be au fait with Diego Simeone's methods and what he expects from his squad. But can you give us further context around the injuries they're suffering and how it's affected their season? Yeah, absolutely. It's I would say it's probably been going on for about two years now and Professor Ortega who's you know he had a lot of adulation for how he used to prepare Atleti and and when they were successful Um, you know that the attitude that they played with the energy that they played with uh, their fitness levels but it's gone off the boil somewhat Um, I know they they changed their pre-season plans their pre-season preparation two years ago and and, and since then things have to make it lighter or to make it heavier Sorry, before they change it to the preseason to make it lighter or heavier, or heavier, and, and right, also okay. a bit more travel involved as well. And I think it's hurt a lot of the players. And I think in terms of recovery, they, you know, they aren't as as careful as they once were. They're pushing players a little bit too much, and you see it harming the new players. And this is why Jao Felix has has gone down again. This is about his fourth injury since let's say mid October. Right. That, I mean, that is quite. I mean, we. I understand there'll probably be some kind of adjustment period mm. for players coming in. But Andy, we've talked a lot about the kind of 
maybe a bit prematurely about the death of Chile Samoa and all this stuff mm. about how long it can just be sustained yeah. seriously because he has to turn over players quite a lot and bring them in and they have to be certain types of players who can fit the system and you know someone like uh, Thomas Lamar has struggled badly he's always the one isn't he yeah, yeah. What, what, I mean what, what's, what's, the, what's the upshot here I mean what, what, what's going to happen next um, well the thing is I think in many other situations you'd be saying maybe this is the natural end of, of, of where Simeone Atletico is but, this is know, about the fourth time you've said that on this show ex- exactly but you think about it and he signed a new contract relatively recently he's all in when he already had the opportunity to to be out which I, I think is quite interesting mm. um, I mean he has kind of I think tried to make a soft landing for himself by saying at regular intervals throughout this season it's a transitional season it's a transitional season that would be so much easier to sell if Barcelona and Real Madrid weren't at both at least in partial transition themselves yeah. because the th- thing is for most of this season Atletico have been within striking distance of the top but not quite close enough but not quite with yeah. uh, the cutting edge to to, to to put away close games they're finding they hard to compete on the level that they used to Yeah, I think they're, they're trying to convince themselves that they are still the same team um, and I think if they maybe accepted it that they are, aren't any longer mm. the team uh, I think things might improve for them but they seem Still have, I think they have an identity crisis. There, they are now an elite club, but they still mm. act as if they're underdogs. Yeah, and okay. this is the problem they have. They're in a conflict between that. How do we play? How do we set up? Do we take the initiative in games, or do we sit back now? Well, how did they play, David? How? I mean, if you talk about the last few years and, yeah. and the success we've seen them have with Champions League finals and, and and good performances in La Liga, how do they play now when compared to those golden years, if you like? This is going to sound very strange, but I think it's even more negative and defensive than they once were. Right. Now, people... Do we judge just, them by the sort of players they have? Then? I think the players, they've improved. I think if you look at the squad, the squad is better in terms of talent. Yeah. But the figures that they have lost were so big and so influential in other ways. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the key moment was, for me, not losing Gordine uh, to, in, to in the summer. It was, for me, when Gabby went. Yeah. He was... I After the Europa that, League final. Yeah. Yeah. He was Simeone's general on the field. He, if Simeone had a, you know, an image of him on the field, it was Gabby. And you take him out the team and you see things are so, so different. Well, it's uh, interesting, isn't it, how Gabby ended up like, coaching the team when he was yeah. off the field, when, he was, when he'd been substituted yeah. or, or injured. The old John Terry. Yeah. Doing the old John Terry. In a le- slightly less obnoxious way. <laughs> okay, right, okay. <laughs> did you think that was good? I mean, when you said they've in, they're even more negative, I mean, did you, that, did you, before that happened, did you think that was possible? I didn't know. I didn't think they could possibly <laughs> do that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it, it's strange. And like I say, this conflict what they they have. They you know for me, I don't think Simeone realizes the attacking players that he now has. He has Jao Felix. He has Thomas Lamar. He could maybe free them up a little bit, but he hasn't done that. Instead, they're still restricted by the by the same duties as before. And they should be allowed a bit more liberation, I think. And uh, and that's the problem they have. He mm. he needs to. He, I, I think. He should have developed as a coach a bit more. Um, he should have changed. Do you think he's his... a bit of a one-trick pony then? Yeah, he is. He is. It, it, it's crazy to say because nobody wants to criticise him too and the Atleti fan base is very, you know, pride, passion, mm. Atleti until the end, Simone, you know, until he dies sort of thing. But they need to accept the criticism is okay to have an open conversation about what's gone wrong. He hasn't developed as, coach, as a coach. He hasn't developed the team. And some of the players haven't been developed properly. Guys like Saul completely stagnant a few years ago he was looking like one of the brightest prospects in Europe now he just he looks sad he looks unhappy he looks restricted and we might have another Griezmann situation another Rodri situation who who famously said he left 
to try and improve his football and play a different way. Mm. He felt he was too restricted by Simeone's system and that's why he went to City. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you look at, say, Koke, for example, yeah. who, who could arguably be the player that Spain are, are building their team around. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not happened. You've had the point this season where he's been booed as well. Yeah. I mean, have the fans moved on in a way that Simeone hasn't? Because Simeone's talked on various occasions about how they how they have to change it up, yeah. how they have to look to find a new way of playing. Mm-hmm. But he's not found it. And th- if you look at the fans over the last couple of seasons, I mean, Koke getting booed this season yeah. when he's a club legend. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Last season, when Griezmann, there was that game, I'm not sure who it was against, maybe against Levante, where um, they're winning 1-0, Griezmann breaks out of defence with the ball, mm-hmm. and he just turns back on himself and holds it up, yeah. rather rather than going anywhere. Yeah. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, I would say that Griezmann is particularly susceptible to that, because he, the way he is, people popular, popularly think that that was made by Simeone, mm-hmm. but he always worked like a dog. Yeah. Even, mm-hmm. he, you know, because he had to battle to get to the top. He was told he was too small when he was, uh, before he arrived at Real yeah. Sociedad, when, when Leon said, no thanks, yeah. which... Well, which, he had a kind of non-traditional path to where he is, didn't he? That's yeah, why. and he had to work so hard. And, mm. you know, he came into the, the team at Real Sociedad when, when they were in the Segunda. And, you know, I think that's why he was made for Simeone and Simeone was made for him. Mm-hmm. Or was he? Because has it really helped him develop it's helped him develop to a certain level but when we're talking about Barcelona level they expect something more something different from him because that image was amazing when he broke out of defense turned on the ball yep. and just held it up against you know an inferior team when they were winning 1-0 because he, he was thinking about holding the lead rather than extending mm-hmm. it and the crowd were giving him some shit and he just like put his finger to his lips didn't he yeah yeah it was very very strange and, and don't forget he was reduced to tears on the field once when they were booing him and they were, they were giving him stick and mm. the players had to go around him and, and try and get the fans to to make sure that they chanted his name Grizzy Grizzy and uh, yeah this, yeah Goodin led that didn't he yeah yeah, yeah there, so it was that strange relationship there I mean they haven't Turned on. It should be said they haven't turned on Simeone yet. There was a lot of pro Simeone chance um, against Leganes, um, so that so that hasn't quite happened, and I don't think it will. I mean, and and the thing is, they were appalling against Leganes. It was a terrible, 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 game. Really it was a was. really bad performance. I mean, we saw Valencia give Barcelona a bloody nose last week, didn't we? In in light of what you're talking about here, and the fact, I mean, some reports are saying that Coke and Trippier may be back in the side this weekend. Yeah. I mean, they won't be fully match fit presumably, no. but they're going to play perhaps. Can they can they do the same to Real Madrid that Valencia did to Barcelona? Or can they get some kind of positive result? I don't think so. I think Valencia play with that that liberation that Atleti lack. You look at the way that they break on the counter. Um, they've got young Ferran Torres right now. Who I think is one of the most exciting players in in the Liga. Atleti just don't really have that player who is allowed off the leash. You look at João Felix. I mean, I know he's not going to play this game, but if you look, he's playing that Griezmann role. Exactly the same role. He's dropping deep. He's playing a lot of the game with uh, his um, his back to goal, and I think that's really really harming his development. So that's kind of a, a you know an example of what's going on right now with some of their more what you'd say fluid attacking players. I mean, this is where it becomes an issue for Simeone and where they do have to talk about it hmm. because Lamar not working is an issue because he was so heinously expensive. <laughs> if medium term, not short term, as we've got at the moment, Ralph Felix doesn't work. They've got a huge problem. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're relying on uh, Angel Correa. Mm. Who they wanted to flog last summer. Yeah, exactly. Who they were trying to... Well, they want to flog Lamar as well, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of them. They want to flog all of them, apart yeah. from Jao Felix, and that's because they've only just signed him. It's because it's they get 
they're very I think if Simeone hasn't polished a player within maybe six to eight months then you know that's it they maybe they're on the verge of going out and they've got trouble with their wage bill as well so if, if they want to bring somebody in say they want Cavani somebody else is going to have to be pushed out um, and, and that's kind of they're just operating but that's why it took so long to get the Morata deal over the line when they eventually got him they had to push somebody else out to, to yeah, get him yeah I remember you saying that at the time actually Andy yeah. Um, all right, staying in Spain, um, Espanyol have banned 12 supporters after what they described as exhaustive video analysis to identify the individuals involved in racially abusing Athletic Bilbao's Iñaki Williams during a game between the two sides on Saturday. They've passed the details on to police as well in anticipation of a potential criminal case being brought against the assailants. The game wasn't stopped, nor warnings, uh, any warnings announced over the stadium's PA system as it's thought the referee was unaware until told by athletic captain Ike Muniain at uh, full time. The league's representative didn't hear the abuse, which came in the form of insults and monkey chants. Um, clearly, we're appalled by the actions of these individuals. But, David, what have you made of the response? And, I mean, you mentioned to me before we came in, it's been, it feel, feels a bit like a sea change in, in, in terms of what's happened in the past. Yeah, it was very interesting. I think you can look at Marcus Cover. Um, they they put out we are all Anaki Williams, so they wanted to show a solidarity with Anaki. And and yes, okay, they should, but it, it hasn't happened before. It's very much been a when similar incidents have occurred before in Spain. It's very much been a shrug of the shoulders. It's like okay, it happens. It exists. Hmm. which is not the right way because you're never going to stamp anything out if, if that's your attitude. So wh- why is it different this time, do you think? <sighs> it's interesting to see. Um, I think maybe because there's been so many more high-profile cases um, around, um, you know, I think what's gone on in the Premier League, what's gone in Serie A as well. I think people are kind of seeing that, right, enough's enough. Spain itself have got their own very intense political situation at the moment yeah. uh, with the rise of what you call maybe a far-right party. Um, uh, so so the tensions are extremely high. So I think more people are kind of seeing, understanding, shall we say, that how wrong this actually is, which is crazy. We're in 2020. that <laughs> They should have learned this before. And he's someone who should have a future with the Spanish national team as, as well, having been born in the Absolutely. Basque country and, and being a huge symbol of athletic as well. That's important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's, he's a massive symbol of, of Basque culture and also Spanish culture. You know, he's, a, he's got a brother, Nico, as well, who's coming through, uh, another very, very talented player. He's already said, yes, I, you know, he goes, I, I'm black, but I'm also a Basque. Because, you know what, he's, he's experienced trouble in the Basque country as well when he first came through uh, people didn't like the idea of a black player playing for Athletic Bilbao well it's a big departure isn't it yeah. I mean what was he their first black player or their first black scorer in over a century yeah scorer um, hmm. Jonas Romalo was the, the first to come through yeah um, so yeah so uh, but he's such a, a fantastic fantastic player so he's very much the, the, an idol at the club now. He, he's the, he's a symbol of Athletic now, which is just so so far removed from everything that they have had before. He's not just any player. Have you been, have you been sorry, Andy, have you been impressed with the response from? I mean, because it looks to me like it's. I mean, within a week, these these twelve individuals have been banned. Mm-hmm. They said, there's, I think, I think the RFEF inquiry as well. There's an inquiry, a wider yeah. inquiry expected to happen. Yeah, um, nine of the they've identified nine of the supporters as being season ticket holders, and they've had yeah. their season tickets revoked. And the other three, they've called kind of regular attenders, and they've banned them as well. I mean, it's quite a rapid response, isn't it? I mean, from the outside looking in, it looks like quite a quite a quick response and quite um, a full one. 
in Spanish terms, definitely. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> uh, it's, we never used to the, a resolution like the, uh, this quickly. It's, and, and again, it's the same in society as well. Like I've said, it's very much been a shrug of sh- the shoulders at such things, which is which is sad. Um, so yes, it's been impressive to see and, and hopefully it continues this way. And hopefully, obviously the end goal is to completely eradicate this, you know, not just have this and, and, and like take their season tickets away. We have to eradicate it completely. And, and Espanol fans have got previous, other teams have got previous and it perhaps has hasn't you know been resolved as such I remember um, Anaki was uh, racially abused before uh, against uh, Sporting Hihon um, when Sporting were at home and um, Anaki actually didn't hear at that time the referee had to point it out he, he went over to Anaki and he said oh uh, do you do realise you've been racially abused? And Anaki hmm. was, no, I didn't hear. Huh. The referee had heard it and he goes, okay, to, he said to Anaki, look, I'm going to stop the game and put an announcement over the PA. And, and How long that. ago was this, David? That was a few years ago now. Okay. I think it been two or three years ago okay. now. Yeah. Um, and so that was the incident then. And I think what struck me most about this in terms of Anaki after this particular incident um, against Espanyol, obviously it's horrible the actual racism itself but he came off the field and he was so sad mm. yeah he he looked really really mm. downtrodden by it and really because I know how how much he loves it in Spain how much he loves it in the Basque country how proud he is mm. to be Basque to be Spanish as well and, and it was yeah to see him sad I think that was what cut it a little bit more deeper I, mean, I think but there was that incredible reaction in the Copa del Rey match in the week at Tenerife where all the Tenerife fans Applauded in favour of him at uh, yeah. uh, the ninth minute. Of course, he wears the number nine shirt. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Andy, what, what and he, was, um, he was really taken aback by that and yeah. quite humbled yeah. by it. Yeah, oh, yes. Well, I think that's important. I mean, people, as, as you know, as, as the old kind of saying goes, if you don't take sides, I mean, you're on the side of the oppressor. So yeah. to, to 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 proactively show support is this a really fe- important. This thing. feels people like a moment. Though. Yeah. people have to come yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, what, it's kind what, of that's. It's kind of I'm sorry I have to bring this up. Right. But it's, it's say you saw something on the tube. You know, when sometimes you see videos go around and nobody does anything. Yeah. You know, people have to start getting up and stopping this, and yeah. that's exactly that's exactly yeah. what they have done in a large number. What for, what form do you expect the RFEF inquiry to take, and what does that mean to people listening? What would that actually mean? Well, this is this is like an FA inquiry, so right. this, this is a, a wider inquiry. So um, again, it feels like a, a departure. I don't think we can presume anything because, as David said, um, Spain's really not got a great record with dealings with this sort of stuff. And to an extent, it's a societal thing, isn't it? Because, Mm. you know, you don't see a lot of black people integrated into Spanish society. So it's Mm. something that's easy to turn a blind eye to, quite frankly. Mm. Um, But but it feels like this is different. I think until the inquiries come to its end, we can't make any presumptions and um, we can't second guess anything. But the fact that there is an inquiry, that they're not saying, okay, Espanol have dealt, dealt with it, let's leave it at that which I definitely could have imagined in the past absolutely I, I think it's, yeah. a, it's definitely a positive thing Sancho Sancho I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. In Italy, Torino have had what we can only describe as a horrific week, haven't they? They almost turned it around against Milan in the cup. So close! Yeah, but Milan Milan managed to get through to the semi-final of the Coppa Italia, who they'll play against Juventus. Took them extra time to do it, of course. Before that, they Torino were lost 7-0 at home to Atalanta. Um, a terrible week for them, all told. It was an absolute field day, this seven. As you'd imagine. I mean, with with these kind of results, you always come, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but you always come away thinking, God, that could have been more. And it always could have been more because they never score every single chance they have. Yet, in this case, Atalanta still scored seven. I mean, their, their firepower is something else. They've scored 10 more goals than the next highest scoring Serie A team. In other words, they were top scorers before they even put <laughs> the that. seven on yeah, three. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they were highest scorers in Serie A last season too. Now, a lot's been made about whether they can force their way back into the top four again and and, and realistically it looks like it'll only be fourth that's available to them. Um, Andy, do you think A, they can last a distance and if not, who do you think is most likely to take up that full spot out of Palmer, Cagliari, Roma or even Milan? Well, we're assuming after Lazio's recent run, they're incredible. They're seven runs. points ahead with a game in hand. Yeah, the, um, they're more likely to be title contenders. Though I still feel that's a little bit of a pinch um, than they are to be battling out to stay in the top four because it very much looks like um, Juventus, Inter, Lazio and then the gap. Yes. Um, it does feel like it's a real competition between Roma and Atalanta. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think if you were... Roma, you think, well, what really more could we have done this weekend? Because they were brilliant in the in the derby against Lazio. I think you know what more they could have done this weekend. Well, 
had a goalkeeper not, who played yeah. like he did for the rest of the season rather <laughs> yeah. in that particular game. Not be mista- not mistakenly thinking the ball's gone out of play when it hasn't would be good. Well, he tapped it back into play, Paolo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris Smalling almost did his yeah. magic and cleared it off the I line re- before I remember Francesco once, Cherby smashed it in. You know, when I was playing football more regularly, I remember once um, I broke my neck to keep the ball in play and ended up the only thing I could do is hook it back into the penalty area which the other team scored and, and the, guy, the, captain, the captain of the team was a lot older than me just, and he ran past me just went sometimes a corner isn't the worst thing in the world you know <laughs> and that's what I felt like saying <laughs> to Paolo Lopez at that point well I don't, think, I don't think anyone needed to say anything to Paolo Lopez who, who no. has been good for them this season really good since arriving from Betis and um, you know I, I think that work, that, that game really was testament to the work that Paolo Fonseca has, has done. You know, bear in mind that this is a guy who's fallen very short at a, at a big club in Porto before. Um, you know, absolutely fell to bits at the end there. And he went and rebuilt his reputation first at Passos and then at um, Chateau Donetsk where he did an incredible job. And um, he's, he's been brilliant at Roma because it has been... Um, picking up the pieces and starting again at a big club with expectation. You know, you look at... Um, not just the players, but more, I would say, the personalities they lost in uh, De Rossi and uh, Strootman um, is, is absolutely huge, really, and Nainggolan, of, of, of course. And they've, they've got quite a young team, really, guided by um, slightly more experienced players like um, Ed, Edin Dzeko, for example. And um, the, was... the performance they, get, they gave, they were far superior against Lazio. Lazio, a team who were on an absolute tear. Of mm. course, they, their 11 straight wins came to an end when they lost in the Coppa Italia, as we talked about last week against Napoli um, before that. But still, they came into this derby as absolutely favourites. Their fans did the better TIFO, it has to be said, as, <laughs> as, 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 as well. <laughs> so <clears throat> I think it's, it's a sort of mixed feeling from Roma because to think that... Atalanta have caught them up. They're just one point behind them now. After the performance that Roma gave, Fonseca wouldn't change anything about the performance. It's just that mistake from, from Paolo Lopez. And even with that, they still should have won the game. I was going to say the finishing could have been a little bit better. <clears throat> uh, we were discussing yeah. it just before, but I was really, really impressed once again with Under. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tore it up on that right wing. The, the way he played was fantastic, especially in the first half. I thought, and and we were saying it's it's interesting. You know, he, you talk about the players that they have lost, and who knows, he he may be the next one to to leave. But there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you could argue he couldn't be in a t- he wouldn't be in a team at the moment if they hadn't have had that injury to Saniolo yeah. um, against Juventus a couple of weeks ago that that, that finished his season. But when you consider that Roma have had quite a, they had quite a poor start to 2020, they lost the first two home games. Even though the the manner in the way that they lost to, ironically, Torino at first, and and then Juventus was was quite different. I think this shows the grit they've got under Fonseca, the way that they were able to come back and perform that way in the derby. And you know, Lazio would be happy enough with the the point in the end, but yeah. but to play that way and not be able to further secure yourself in fourth place, I mean Atalanta were incredible. And just before we go on to Atalanta, the Torino thing, I mean, Walter Mazzari, he's always fascinating to watch anyway. I remember the first time I saw a Mazzari team in the, the, the flesh, it was um, Napoli in that yep. amazing Champions League game at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Um, Magnificent. Really. It, I, like, there's one, it's still one of the best matches I've ever been to, where of course Chelsea went on under um, uh, Roberto Di Matteo and won, won in extra time. And Matsari turned up 
wearing, um, he was on the touchline, wearing a full suit. And you know one of those, like, satin bomber jackets? Yeah. You know when Alan Partridge goes to the yeah. funeral in that Catherine yeah. GTX jacket? It's a little bit like that. So, some Italian uh, menswear stores make those as one item. So, like, you, you wear, it's a big, long jacket, and you open it up, and it's just got the little padded bit in the middle. It's not a separate jacket. Wow! Right, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, and and on that on that on that um, Chelsea Napoli thing, didn't Di Matteo only take the job in between legs? Yes, I think uh, Vinicius Parish was Vinish in charge for the loss at San Paolo. Yeah, and then he lost heavily to Liverpool in the league. I think lost his job. Di Matteo came in, and of course no, they West were, Brom. Was it West Brom? Always okay. against West Brom. Chelsea okay, right. managers okay, in that period. Right. West Brom, the Chelsea yeah. coach. Oh, that's right. He lost his Spurs job, losing to Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, and then Di Matteo comes in, ends up winning the Champions League. But so Mazzari's there on the touchline anyway, and. Um, he just gets so hit up during the the, the the game that the jacket comes off, chucks it on the touchline, hmm. blazer comes off on the yeah. touchline, tie comes down. In the end, he looks like he's played 120 he's minutes. He's in wrestling. It's <laughs> extraordinary. Two down to his pants. It's, it's, <laughs> it sounds like uh, Fatty Tareem. Remember, yeah. The, yeah. the buttons used to be right down. Yeah. That, that, it sounds very much like that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very much so. And, and Fatty Tareem would fight you as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, what, him against Matt Zara would be a, that would be a battle. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we yeah, should. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be in the so, Europa League. So, if I, 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 now I remember what you're talking about. I, what I'm talking about with the menswear thing is, so in some stores, you get a big, long kind of, it's almost like a peacoat. Right. And it's, it's buttons up. When you open it, it's got the added insulation kind of layer underneath. And it looks like you're wearing two jackets, but you're not. You see, I thought you were talking about a bomber. Optical illusion. Uh, you yeah. were talking about a bomber jacket gilet combo. No. Let's okay. do another few minutes. Like this is important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the thing that made me laugh about um, Mazzari in, in in this game, they're five 0 down. They're getting absolutely larruped. It could have been even worse if they didn't have Salvatore Sidico. Actually, had a pretty good game in getting goal. It has to be said. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best goalkeepers in Serie yeah. A. Any, anyway, well, he's going to get a lot of action in that situation. And uh, the, the, the amazing thing is, they've got um, this young forward uh, Vincenzo Milico, who, who they. He's 19 years old. They're five nil down. And Matt Sari's right. Go on, son. Get yourself on. Put yeah. hands on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what possible good can come out of that? That's character it's building like, for the young man. Yeah. That, yeah. That's exactly the way yeah. that Matt Sari would, would, would think about it. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they came back. They played pretty well against uh, Milan in the Coppa Italia this week. Scored the two goals from Bremer to turn the, the, the game round. Um, the Brazilian forward. And they're winning in stoppage time. And then Chalanolu rips one in and... Milan go on and win it in extra time mm. but let's talk about Atalanta because this is a team they had their little wobble in Serie A as well of course they're trying to cope with the Champions League they're going to go on and play Valencia yeah, exactly. in, in the Champions League well, I was going to say one way they could get back into it it would be by winning it yeah but and, they, I, and you'd fancy them against Valencia I mean they, they were magnificent and there was no better goal this weekend than Josip Ilicic's one which formed part of his hat-trick it was absurd I think he's an underrated player I yeah. really, really do. Oh, he's, just, he's just turned 32. He's probably going. He's definitely going to have his best goal scoring season of his career. Because I remember first seeing him in Palermo. I mean, he was yeah. there as well. He was, he was, he was nice. He was in that lovely Palermo side. And uh, he's, he's something of a throwback. I can imagine being, you know, one of the old Croatia or Yugoslavia teams alongside Savicevic or yeah, 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 you know, yeah, He's yeah. very much of that build. Mm. He's, mm. he's like from a bygone era. He looks like a 90s footballer. I always think. I, I think he's got a bit of Chris Waddle about him. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's super left-footed. 
doesn't look incredibly athletic, oh, does no. he? He doesn't look an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination. But what he can do with that left foot is ridiculous. And, and the key thing for Atalanta as well, by the way, and this is something I'm surprised that, um, well, not because, you know, people do things different ways, but I'm surprised more teams don't do this. Atalanta share the goals around pretty well. You know, Luis Muriel scores lots of goals. I mean, I think he came off the bench against Torino. Duvan Zapata's back, back, which is huge. He's that, back that and he's huge in the race yeah. for fourth. And yeah. Ilicic... Is having a great is having a great Indian summer to his to his career. So, uh, would you fancy him to go through against Valencia? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think it's a good draw for them, isn't it? in defence. So yeah, 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 I think so. It's a nice matchup for them, isn't it? Oh yeah. And and just very quickly before we move on from from Italy, um, have Milan turned a corner now? I mean, they play Juventus in the Coppa Italia semi. That'll be difficult for them. They've got a huge game this weekend uh, against the team around them. What what have you made of their up upturn in form and is it, and how much of it has been down to to Zlatan? Uh, Zlatan has made a difference. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt ab- about that. And I think it's we talked about it before, just in the sense of him lifting up the standards of of everyone else. I mean, there was there was this incredible moment after that equaliser um, in stoppage time by uh, Chalanolu against uh, against Torino in the Coppa Italia quarter um, is the fact that I mean him and Rafael Leao who we talked about before linked together really nicely and Leao created this moment where he, he went down the went down the left wing very Thierry Henry actually cut the ball back and they could have actually got the winner and stopped it going to extra times great ball from Leao and Zlatan managed to put it over the top from about four yards and Leao was fuming and he sort of as Latan hung his head he sort of karate kicked the uh, advertising board and initially you're thinking god that's a bit brave yeah. like like you know physically calling out Zlatan like yeah. that but then you think that shows how far he's come in terms of confidence I mean yeah. Leao's a, a terrific young player but in terms of him like being able to stand up and, and be confident this is very new this is so, very Andy, new, and you, I think that's had a massive effect. You you said when he first signed for me, and Dave, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. Andy said when Zlatan first came to Milan, uh, or sorry, came back to Milan, he said that you have to remember that Zlatan is actually quite underrated when it comes to working with the younger players. And it's kind of hard, that, that feels almost counterintuitive to think of, because you think of him as being quite a big character. He, he almost comes across, I don't want to be mean about him, but he always comes across that he, at his worst that he could be a bit of a bully. But it's because... Be big, yeah, I get big, that, yeah. He yeah. plays a character, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, quite self-consciously as well. But in your experience of watching him as well when he played in Spain and, and other places, would you would you go along with that, that he's good to have around the dressing room? I think he's quite going on what you said I think he's quite childlike when he wants to be yeah. he used to look at the fun I think when he was at Man United you look at the fun he used to have with yeah. the younger players there yeah. and, uh, with Bailey Pogba mm. you know and the yeah. relationship he had with them he was very much one of them he wasn't one of the okay he was one of the senior figures he's such a big player of course a big presence but yeah. I think he can come down and understand younger players really well I think that's underrated yeah. uh, what, what do you think is possible for Milan because they've got, they've got um, as I mentioned or I alluded to they're at home to Verona who are a team just below them and then after that they have the Milan derby um, so Verona not to be underrated it has exactly to, so has those, those two games and then in the middle of next month they play Juventus in the semi-final they're kind of the real litmus test of how far they've come right yeah they are I mean I, I don't see them getting any higher than Europa League but if they manage Europa League and Coppa Italia I mean that would be an incredible result when you bear in mind where they were at halfway point in the season
Let's go to Leipzig because their players are in trouble with Ralph Rangnick for flying in a celebrity hairdresser ahead of a match, uh, which they then promptly lost to Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, and I like that Rangnick said uh, it's not far off the golden stake when commenting on it, referring, of course, to the players visiting Salt Bay, the great Salt Bay's restaurant in the winter break. Uh, yeah, Timo Werner's not been invited yet. No, OK, right. Something else Ralph was annoyed about. I mean, Frank, Frank Ribery famously went there also, but that's probably none of Ralph's business because Frank is uh, enjoying semi-retirement in Florence and can probably do what he wants. Um, and he's injured, I think, as well. Um, would Ralph still have come out and... Cr- I've got three questions around this because they obviously went on to lose the game and they've been having a fantastic season. But my questions are this. Would Ralph still have come out and criticism had Leipzig won the game? Is he seriously connecting the two incidents or is he making kind of a wider point? And also, and perhaps most importantly, why is it Rangnick making this point and not the manager, Julian Nagelsmann, because Ralph, in his capacity, is just the sporting director of, of Red Bull? I would say one, possibly not. Two, global point. And Great. three, the reason he's... This is succinct from you, Andy. This is unlike you. <laughs> I know, it's very <laughs> yeah. unlike me. Is the third one going to be an absolute banger of an answer? <laughs> it's going to go on for about five minutes. At least. Yeah, okay, great. I, I think the third one is... Just because he's someone who's relatively understated, don't mistake that for a, a lack of gravitas or a, a lack of power. Bear in mind, in Leipzig's rise, and including last season, he's been coach of the team twice yeah. in recent years, and in important seasons as as, as well. Uh, so you, you look at the, the the way they were last season and how they, how they came on last season, preparing themselves for... For Nagelsmann, and they were, they were excellent for a lot of it. And he was coaching the season; they were promoted as, as as well. So this is someone who is not just a remote sporting director, like poking poking his head out from behind a net curtain. This is someone it's who's, an image. whose hands. What an image that is! I don't know. I'd be really surprised <laughs> if they had net curtains at the Red Bull Arena. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should have. You're making this some kind of pervert, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I think. It's, it's really important for him to to come out and say this because Nagelsmann had already given the players the bollocking for what they'd done on the pitch. Mm. And now... Right. So it's kind of like a surround stereo bollocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ex- ex- yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. It's the full Malcolm Tucker. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that Ranić is saying, well, actually, what you do on the pitch is not my business anymore. Your attitude off it and the philosophy of the club is very much my business. Mm. It made me think of Beck... Because Beck yeah. has a flying celebrity hairdresser. That always seemed really unlikely to me. A lot of hip-hop artists do as well. Did, did, did you reckon that Ralph just basically is making the point that next time you fly on a celebrity hairdresser, make sure he's a, a Red Bull-sponsored athlete and uh, there'll be no problem. Maybe he didn't get his haircut as well. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he wasn't invited to the haircut. It's kind of the sort of thing. Red Bull would sponsor a celebrity hairdresser. It's the kind of thing they would do. So if you can get the official signed-off Red Bull one, it'd be fine. But I, I think you'd have to have a very specific haircut with like something that's yeah, an energy drink it'd be it'd, wacky it'd have to be all a sort Pogba. of like tram lines and yeah, like Pogba Nike ticks and all yeah. that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah. Nike <Wouldn't> ticks <laughs> there's a throwback yeah, <laughs> yeah why not eh? I used to have a uh, little line design in my hair as a kid yeah I did as well. I had yeah. some track lines and never right? had a Nike tick though no yeah. there used to be somebody in my, my school who had never a, Nike, pay you enough. a Nike tick with a, and it was dyed red really so was, yeah and the people at wow. Nike reminded me to tell you that it's a swoosh not a tick oh. yeah there you go. is that fair Okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> what, what do you make of this incident, David? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's been tactical in terms of how 
Ranik has has done the you know has emphasized on the whole hairdressing situation um, and given his uh, you could call it the hair dry treatment yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and and leaving uh, Nagelsmann to actually talk about what happened on the field I think that's really clever. Um, I don't think that's just happened by chance. Um, and and again, I think, you know, I, I know you said Ranić's involved very directly with the players, but I think if Nagelsmann had done it, it might have, might have been repercussions, I think, yeah. personally with the players who he sees uh, probably a lot more, um, has more closer relationships with. So, yeah, I think it's been well done. And, and, and for what it's worth, I, I would agree. I think it's feel, it feels a bit silly flying a hairdresser in. Especially if you go on to lose the game. But they, they've got a big game this week. They play Mönchengladbach at home, first versus third. They've got two absolutely huge games <clears throat> because they're playing Borussia Mönchengladbach mm. um, on, on Saturday in the late game. And then the following Sunday, they're going to Bayern. So mm. it, it does need to be a moment where they say, look, lads, are we doing this or are we not doing this? And that's exactly what Nagelsmann said after the, the game against Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt, who've had a, a difficult first half of the season. Of course, they lost uh, Rebic, Jovic and Aller, which was always going to be tough to to, to come back after from. After the painful loss of Kovac as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's taken them a long time to get that far. Well, of, of course, uh, it was a big metamorphosis after Kovac, who was a huge part of that setup, went and um, Adi Hütter took over. But it's an interesting second season for for Adi Hütter. And um, the things that have worked for them, and we'll come back to Leipzig in a minute, is the fact that uh, David Abrams come back after that really quite unusual body charge on a Christian strike that saw him get suspended for, for, <laughs> a, for a number that. Of, of weeks. Poor old Christian strike. I felt sorry I for him. He's still on the floor for Probably that, is. Actually. <laughs> Absolutely needless. And um, the, the big one it's is... up there with Jeremy Matthews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the... That's a different scale. That's a different scale. That's the late challenge of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that the fact that Kevin Trapp is back is absolutely enormous as well mm. because the drop-off between him and Rono and uh, Wiedveld the, the reserve goalkeepers is absolutely enormous. That was one of their biggest problems in the first half of the season, not having a goalkeeper really worthy of, of, of the name in, the, in, the, in that first part of the season. So Trap coming back in, in, in 2020 has been enormous. They've won both games since they've been back. But the unevenness of this performance by Leipzig at, at the Commerce Bank Arena was really interesting, I thought, because in the previous game against Union, they've been terrible in the first half. And then come back and absolutely blaze them in the second half. Mm. But it was desire rather than any sort of tactical change from Nagelsmann that, that that did that. I mean, he was giving the players their head to sort it out. And yeah. really, the way that Timo Werner played, especially in the second half of that Union game, was, you know, I'm going to win this with my individual brilliance. And a lot of other players, I think, responded to that as, as well. I love it when a coach does the full Graham Taylor at halftime. <laughs> You've got us into this fucking mess. Now you can get us out of it. He probably See said you later. Exactly <laughs> that. He probably said exactly that. Um, uh, and then the other way round against Frankfurt. I mean, in the first half at Frankfurt, Leipzig had 12 shots. Frankfurt had one. Hmm. And yet they go on and I think I knocked a bit sideways by the sheer brilliance of Almami Touré's goal, which was incredible hit from way out but after that they didn't really seem like they knew what to do like they they went for the equaliser a bit too quickly and Eintracht were very very happy keeping them at arm's length they were nicely set when they were 1-0 up it was an error from Adamola Lookman although it was just generally defensively a bit of a mess that Ed added to the, the, the second goal, uh, which was scored by Kostic in, in, in stoppage time. But the way that they were kept at arm's length 
buy out Eintracht so easily. That would concern you if you're a Nagelsmann. He came out with this amazing quote afterwards. He said, we've got to figure out whether we want to climb to the summit of the mountain or whether we want to stop just below the summit of the mountain, take some nice pictures and have a coffee. Mm. Love that quote. Some I think pe- Danny, some people do Danny Olmo do. might be a big help, by the way. Huge. In terms of in games like that where they are, where teams are happy to sit back against them. They've got so many attacking options, but I think Olmo provides something a little bit different. What, what are they getting with Olmo? And what's it say about Leipzig that they're actually able to make a signing like this? A guy who was you know, linked with Atleti and other La Liga teams not very long ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a fantastic signing and I think the the right move in his career. He's done so well in Croatia. Um, mm. Such a brave move to go over there as a teenager to develop as he has. Um, and I think he gives Nagelsmann flexibility. He can play anywhere along that advanced, you know, attacking midfield line. He yeah. can even play up front as a second striker if, uh, if he really wanted to use him as that. So yeah, I think certainly you know, that's why you, you bring up that game where teams will be happy to sit back. They know how Leipzig play. Almost just good at just maybe unlocking defences he's got that little Iniesta ability about him where he can just pick the ball up drive at teams and just pulls a few people out of position gets a few people unnerved and uh, he'll have so many options around him as well and he'll get that freedom won't he in the Leipzig 4-2-2-2 that yep. they, they, they play with sometimes as well so hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see a lot of him well why don't we explore a bit more about, about Danny Elmo then mm. because I mean I've, I'm by no means a tactical expert as regular listeners will, will know but I've always been led to believe if you've got a team who's sitting back deep against you need to move the ball side to side quickly. You perhaps want a sort of deep line playmaker to try and open open the door. But what what is it about Danny Olmo particularly that you think can 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 help them? I think it's just how he carries the ball. I mean, he can take up wide positions as well so he can stretch the field out and then cut, cut inside he loves cutting inside but I think as he's matured as he's uh, become more of a key player with uh, with, uh, with Zagreb he has now morphed into you're going to see an attacking midfielder somebody who's got good vision who can see what's going on ahead of him but so he can play in that final third and again it's his, it's his unpredictability I think in hmm. his his box of skills that he has is, is quite incredible and what a mature I mean I, mean, I don't know the player well but what, yeah. what a mature move to go somewhere that's well known as developing young players and saying you know what I'm going to go over there and learn a bit more about the game and, and, and do it that way is that, I mean is that how it worked because if so that's a fantastically mature move for, for a young kid well it's a good deal for him and it's a good deal for his draft co-manage allegedly okay, oh. okay right okay fine <laughs> alright let's um Let's talk a bit about um, confirmed transfers. Uh, we only talk about confirmed transfers on this show because um, otherwise it can blow up in your face fairly quickly. Worst possible week for it to blow up in your face. Exactly. Right? Exactly. This is our last show before the transfer window shuts. Uh, and the one I'm most excited about, I'd have to be honest, is Hatem Ben Arfa signing for Real Valladolid on a six-month deal. Yes. Okay. The 32-year-old was last seen blowing out candles on the cake commemorating a full year since he played a game for PSG before an elongated cameo at Rennes where he won the Coupe de France. Uh, the really interesting thing about this transfer, though, is the uh, apparently it was the original Ronaldo, majority owner at the club, um, that proved to be the main draw for Ben Arthur to sign. As Football Ramble Daily social media man Charlie said at the time, a man who younger fans don't pay enough respect to as potentially the greatest footballer of any generation and Ronaldo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what have you made of this move, David? I think it's an outstanding move. It's, it's really exciting. We just want to see him playing. Yeah, don't we? yeah. It's, yeah. He's been such a big miss. And, and when he is, you know, on his game, he's very, very difficult to stop. I think if you look when he was at Newcastle, um, he had 
such a head of steam and then he suffered that it was was it De Jong Nigel De Jong yeah, 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 challenge yeah. and then he did his ACL and if you look at his form before then he was he just looked settled he, he was happy I know that I idolised him in Newcastle uh, and yeah he was on the verge of something big and then obviously the whole this bizarre situation of PSG occurred mm. but I think via, via the lead he'll, he'll do really well they've got nobody like him I mean not many teams have a player like Ben Arthur um, they so, struggle for goals this season Big struggle for Glords. Very, very negative side. They, it's they draw, draw, to, draw, draw, draw with them. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they love a draw. Nil, uh, nil is a good result for them. Um, and I think Ben Arthur just provides something a little bit. When they do break out, that he provides something a little bit different. He can maybe provide that that little dribble, that that final pass, and I think that'll be important for them in the long run. What he won't be providing is a back post header, though, right? As we found out from his presentation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you do, you, you come on the pitch, you pause for the cameras, you do a few kick-ups, a few skills, um, and and one of the uh, the photographers just said to, to Ben Arthur, he goes, oh, can you just do a few little, uh, you know, just a seal sort of keepy-ups on your head? And he goes, oh, I, I don't do that anymore. And then he goes, I, I like my hair too much right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is great. Committed to the cause. If you, yeah. if you didn't love Hatton Ben Arthur, yeah. or it makes you love him more. So all about personal brand, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. it seems like it is. I mean, he's 32 now. La Liga's a competitive division. I mean, he's he's in a he's in a bit of a fight at Valladolid. Is, is he going to be able to make a difference, though, at his age? He's not, I, I mean, he's not played a huge amount of football. I think so, because he wants to impress his, his idol. He, he said himself he, he came to Valladolid because Ronaldo was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronaldo called him personally. Uh, to, to get the deal, you know, because I think there was a few clubs looking at him, um, as there always is, you know, yeah. if a player like that's available. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think he could do. I'm not too sure whether he'll keep them up, or but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think that's the main thing. Do you, do you think like part of the reason that people are excited about him in Spain is because, and I realise they're they're different players because Fekir represents more of a goal scoring threat. Yeah. But with Fekir, we have seen a Leon Academy produced slalomer do some good stuff in yeah. the league of this season, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. We've got Benzema, Fekir, you know. Um, maybe we need Nasri through next. Has anybody got Sammy and Nasri's number? <laughs> <laughs> Levante, maybe get him in. And... Andy's almost certainly got Sammy Nasri's number. <laughs> it's just, I hope you're out here. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm stuck with company and Andy. Please get it set up, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have heard um, Ben Arthur pick up the phone to Ronaldo. It would have been brilliant. He probably would have done the old, oh, shut up, and just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, believed, not believed it was him. But that's great that Ronaldo can actually have a positive impact. I mean, obviously, if Ben Arthur's on record as saying that's the reason he's gone there, then, yeah. then great news. I mean, it's great news for Valladolid fans, for sure. They don't score goals. I mean, I just checked and only Leganes have scored fewer goals than them this season. So. I, I love these uh, these random moves. It remind me when um, Kevin Prince bought and just rocked up at Las Palmas a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. He came yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. By the way, he went to Barcelona as well. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, mad. Fair, fair to him, Absolutely yeah. mad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, well, actually, that was the thing, wasn't it, when Kike Setien signed? I mean, quite a few Spanish and Catalan tweeters tweeted from the board that brought you Kevin Prince Boateng to <laughs> <laughs> Barcelona. Yeah. What about um, Steven Bergwijn then, who signed for Spurs on a four and a half year deal for a report of £27 million? Um, Andy, what can Spurs and Premier League fans, I guess, I guess uh, expect from him? Well, I think the interesting thing is uh, my immediate thought is why does Spurs want another wide player but I always think it's important to talk to people who go and watch teams regularly fans of teams because they'll always see it from a different perspective than you do even if you you know the club Mm. and the team pretty well and um, I was speaking to Lord Ramble about this actually Mm. and uh, he was saying well actually he's totally the sort of player that Spurs want because not just a a wide player who can score goals but one who can 
like function with Harry Kane once Harry Kane comes back. I think the notable thing about Bergvijn, and apparently his form's dropped off a, a little bit this season, PSV viewers tell but me. He had his head turned though, right? Yeah. I th- he I knew think, he was making the move. Well, he think, actually left, he didn't even leave PSV without permission to go and talk to Spurs. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been too good for the Eredivisie for a while. Right. And he's, he's someone who is quick, who can find space, who can generally cut in and uh, and score goals. Um, as well as set them up. I think the interesting thing about him is if you look at going back in, in, in recent weeks, PSV are playing him as a, a centre-forward a lot. Right. And he mm. can still create from that centre-forward position, which I think is is very notable. So ideally, a player for them who can stand in for Harry Kane but not be superfluous once Harry Kane comes back is a pretty good deal, no? Mm. I think they essentially want to account for Lucas's drop-off in form. Yeah, so I think he's going to play that similar role they've they've tried him in. That that's very interesting that he's played that centre forward role. And yeah. and who knows? I think Spurs might still bring in that that Hulk and centre forward that they they want. It's all sorts of rumours. People will know by now. Yeah, when yeah, they're, they're listening to yeah. it. Yeah, they will. But there was a lot of rumours last night um, going around that someone was been spotted at Spurs, some big name player, but no one would name who it was. Oh, so it wasn't Piontek, then. Probably all nonsense. Hey. Well, no, exactly. Well, he is he is kind of literally a big name, particularly his first name. Quite quite long, but I mean, not not really a, a big a big name on the pitch. What about Nabil Bentaleb? I mean, Newcastle um, from Schalke on loan, famously fell foul of Mauricio Pochettino's uh, <coughs> no dickheads policy at Spurs. Um, what would he bring? It to turns his... out Schalke have got a no dickheads policy. What well, well. I was about to say, what would he bring to this Newcastle team, and is he officially no longer a dickhead? <laughs> well, we, we don't know because he hasn't played for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's because he's, he's a dickhead. Uh, well. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to find out. I mean, that's not necessarily an impediment to a good career at Newcastle United, as, as we all know. <laughs> ben Arthur, again. Hey. <laughs> but, but I, Back to Ben Arthur. I, I think the, it's, it's all about bringing the threads together, Luke. Yeah, that's I know, exactly. Yeah. But, we'll be uh, on to Adel Tarat next. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the interesting thing about Ben Taleb is when he first arrived at Schalke, he was a guy who was made a cornerstone of the team. And he, he did a pretty good job as well. Um, he was not just given the job of making it all tick over in midfield, which he did really well for Spurs for a bit. And I think people can forget that, how how good he was for Spurs for a, for a while. Um, but, you know, they, they let him take penalties and sort of lead from the front. Um, so that's why it made it all more all the more surprising, really, when it when it went south and he's, he's not really had a look in under under David Wagner. I think the, the, the stylistic changes has, has had an effect on, on that as well. Um, I really like Bentaleb as a player. I think... In terms of what Newcastle are lacking, I would have liked to see them get more more of an athlete in midfield. Mm, mm. Um, but that's not to say it couldn't be very helpful. That's a, for dig, them. That's a big, I, big I, dig at John's, that. Big I actually dig. thought the opposite, you know. I, I thought this is the sort of player that they could do with. Because right. everybody in that midfield that you look is very much energy, passion, hard mm. work. Mm. They just need somebody just to come in and calm things down. Well, well, no one else in that midfield can keep the ball. Exactly, and that's why yeah. I think he'd be good. And also, they've, they're relying more on Almiron as weeks go by. So yeah. if he can do something in the final third as well, then... Mm. Can I just chuck something in there and just say, for the record, John Joe Shelby can do that, he just doesn't. Yeah. He just refuses to he regularly. Can, is he, is he, he in the dickhead's policy? Yeah, yeah, true. Where does he stand there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to he, ask him. He can do one pass very well. Yeah. I mean, the way he does that pass is magnificent, yeah. but it is one pass. So you're kind of earmarking him out as a kind of, uh, that's Charlie Adams, is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, yeah. No, um, and, such a bad thing, and no? Hollywood passes. I can't go, yeah. on, I can't go <laughs> yeah. on to Games of the Week without just briefly mentioning that it was absolutely delicious for anyone who's watched him over the last however many years to see Christian Eriksen, I think his first touch 
for Inter was a free kick from a wide position which hit the first man. Uh, you're welcome, Inter. Enjoy it. Everyone's still thinking about the video in the Scarlet, though. So who cares? That's true. That was that was that dream thing with the violins and everything. That was they're getting more and more up their own asses. These football clubs, I'm telling you. <laughs> Aren't they? I mean, you had the, the Sanchez with the piano on at Old Trafford. Why can't I mean, we just wind it back to when you had De Laurentiis bring it, bringing out um, Gokhan Inla, wasn't it? And he came out with a Napoli shirt on, the lion's head. And he just removed He's like, I'd like to introduce our new signing. He removes the lion's head and it's Gokhan Inla. Great. And no one knew it was him. No. That's brilliant. That's up there with Brian Robson um, being announced as player manager of Middlesbrough with shorts, socks and football oh. boots and a shirt tie and blazer on top. <laughs> Absolutely. get a man that can do you both that's all I'm going to say alright games of the week last week uh, I picked out the Rome Derby uh, it was one all as we've already mentioned including an absolute comedy equaliser for a Cherby uh, after a mix up at the back for Roma Andy you had uh, Napoli 2 Juventus 1 lovely turn up for the books at the San Paolo particularly for fans of Inter yeah and uh, Lorenzo Insigne absolutely on fire again he got the winner against Lazio um, it was his shot that was charged down for Zielinski to, to to open the scoring. Then he scored the second with a really nice volley. And just at this situation that Napoli were in, they needed Lorenzo Insigne to, to come up big. And he, he has been. He did, you, yeah. you know, you think about the um, the, the, the tackle he made to, to run the ball out um, late on in that Lazio game. And he was just like revving up the crowd like he'd scored. Mm. And it's just absolutely fantastic. And he did, after he scored what turned out to be the winner against Juventus, he did the full... Maradona thing, didn't he? Of running out onto the to the running track, being submerged by ball boys, loads of people in Napoli gear who don't really know what they're doing there, uh, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. all that sort of stuff, and, yeah. and giving the heart to the crowd with his hands and, and all and, that sort of stuff is brilliant. And I have to say, after the way that Maurizio Sarri behaved in the build-up, it was quite nice to see it blow up in his face, wasn't it? Great. And I also don't understand. And this is a, this is going to sound like a dig at West Ham. And it, it kind of is, but I, I, I want to contextualise it. <laughs> Napoli, <laughs> they don't have problems generating an atmosphere at the San Paolo. I mean, I've been there and the atmosphere is incredible. Yet all the problems that West Ham Stadium seems to have, Napoli on paper has. Are, Even are with saying, added stuff like a running track and all sorts and a big um, big pit between the fans and, and, and the pitch. So what, what's the difference? Can, can they all squeeze in on the top deck? At the Olympic Stadium? I'm not sure, but they is do. Is there a top deck? In Napoli, they do, don't they? They all, they all, they all stand up there. Yeah, best 12 euros you'll ever spend. Yeah, so I, I don't know what the difference is. Maybe, maybe West they need the, uh, the stadium announcer. Yeah, maybe they, they do. Knows. Maybe they do, yeah. Oh, yeah, Decibel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, brilliant. Decibel, what a great name. Yeah. Um, and last, last week had um, Bayern 5, Schalke 0, um, which we were trying to sort of make out to be the Alex Neubel derby, but he didn't feature. Obviously, he stayed away. No, that's right, but uh, Schubert... I actually made an excellent case for Newbell to play in future games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By playing so terribly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it can happen. Uh, this week, I'm going to go for the Madrid derby, Saturday at three o'clock. You guys have already heard all about why, thanks to David and Andy. Um, but David, why don't you tell us what yours is and really sell it into us? Yeah, it's going to be one for the purists. It's uh, Athletic Bilbao versus Atafia. It's on a Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a lot of goals, but there's going to be a lot of... I said sell it in, David. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of long balls. There's going to be a lot of elbows. There's going to be a lot of dickheads. Really? So, okay. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. If that's your persuasion, yeah, great. Yeah. I'll definitely be washing it, it there. That's the case. If you, this is how this is my sell. If you are a fan of shithousery, which which you should be, this is your game for you. This. this is the game for actually, we didn't when we were talking about Atletico earlier. We didn't ask you about Cuellar 
yeah. and his reverse Eden oh. Azar, the Leganes Leganes goalkeeper. First about in, this in that in that game, did we? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, he took time wasting to a to a whole new level, which he he does on a weekly basis oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just just. But this put, was special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if there was the the shithousery ex, the you know team, he he would be the goalkeeper. He'd be the first name on the team sheet, quite frankly. Um, anyway, he was trying to waste time. Uh, the ball boy uh, gave him the ball really, really quick. Quayla then decided to throw the ball back at the ball boy. Right. But then the ball boy decided to do again, and then Quayla decided to um basically step up to the ball boy. Did he get booked? Um, he got sent off. He got sent off for it. The, the um, ball boy, the ball boy pushed him, yeah. and then he took a dive. Yeah, and Laoth thought, yeah. "Well, I'm, I'm not stomaching this anymore. I'm yeah. going to send you off." It, it took about four minutes yeah. to get he, off the he pitch. Leave. He went down again. He said something to. I mean, Alvaro Morata is known as. Oh, the, this is in the Atletico game. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw yeah. this. Yeah, yeah Alvaro yeah. Morata is known as the guy that you you'd want to take. You know, you'd want uh, your daughter to bring home. Yeah. Um, and Quea and somehow said something to him and got a massive ruse. I've never seen Morata so, you know, unhappy, angry. Yeah. Uh, well, Robbie Savage did that to Dion Dublin once. Normally, mild mannered Dion Dublin. So you never know. what People can push buttons, man. Uh, I want to know what's said. Maybe, with, with maybe. Quea, I, could have been anything. Alvaro's just trying to fill the uh, the Diego Costa shaped hole in the Atletico. <laughs> <around, laughs> I'm doing a good job of it. Yeah. All right. So for fans of elbows, long balls, and no goals, <laughs> yeah. Sunday, three o'clock, Athletic Bilbao v Getafe. Get it done. You won't be disappointed. Great. All right. Andy. You know what? I'm going to go to uh, southwestern France on Sunday night, 8pm. Marseille go to Bordeaux with a 13-match unbeaten run. They also go to a city to face a team they've not won away to since October 1977. Is that you when you were born? Uh, Yeah, only, only just a bit. Yeah, great. So it could be, could I was, be, I was so one in your li- oh so you were born I was going to say because it might not have happened in your lifetime which is crazy <laughs> no because you not because you're old but just because it's an interesting oh thing. yeah you, you made a mess of this <laughs> you? I, I, t- I tell you who was two months off being born Emmanuel Macron there we go oh. that's a good link and do we think Bordeaux could keep up that record I mean they're kind of I mean it's very difficult to think of things to say about Bordeaux yeah, well, they, they won at Nantes last week after they're, they're like rock 10th aren't they mid, just a mid table team yeah uh, I mean they, they could clearly do the, the goal scorer that, that that could really work for them and that's what Paulo Sosa has been looking for the whole time well since he did ramble meets in the summer pretty much yeah. so um, I, it was an interesting game last week between um, Bordeaux and um not because it was kind of the Emiliano Sala derby. Of course, it represented a year or the nearest to it when Nantes were playing at home since the death of uh, Emiliano Sala. So they wore this Argentina-themed home strip and it, the atmosphere was absolutely wonderful. And it was fitting that they played for Bordeaux as well because that's where he started out in France. So there's a lot of love for, for Sala there as well. And it's, it's a game that was still pretty keenly contested and that Bordeaux managed to take right at the end with Jimmy Briand scoring the, 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 the winner. So I think it's interesting after, from their perspective, Marseille, after they got past their little wobble in, in the league against Angers by beating Strasbourg in the, in, in the Coupe de France this week. And we were talking about great goals earlier with Jerzy Pilicic. Bruno Sarr, who'd come back into the, 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 the match, who'd come back into the team after suspension, scored an incredible goal, a Brazilian-style goal, as they're um, calling it in France, where he, he came in from right back, dribbled around a load of players and smashed it in the corner with his left foot. And so, interestingly, the three goals against Strasbourg were scored by Bounassar, Dimitri Payet, penalty, and Boubacar Camara, the three players who were suspended against Angers when they drew 0-0 on Friday night and they missed them 
so badly. So they'll be back, and it gives Marseille an enormous chance of, of, of trying to change that really dismal record at Bordeaux. This was a Stakhanov production. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.